Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. I'm joined today by Julia Bickerstaff, founder of The Business Bakery and a very experienced finance specialist. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, that's good. Now, it's been a while since we've spoken, but uh, a number of our of our community, our audience will be very familiar with you already. I think they'll have either seen you at our conferences or read your fine articles, <laughs> and they'll know that um, one of your hot topics uh, is pricing, and uh, that's the one that we're going to delve into to uh, to some depth today. So what, what do you observe um, are really some of the classic sort of pricing mistakes that uh, solo and micro businesses are making. You must have seen a lot of these. Oh, oh absolutely. And, and in fact, one of the reasons that, that um, I am almost so passionate about, about pricing is that I used to make a lot of mistakes with pricing loads. Uh, so I learned the hard way. Mm-hmm. And, and then also that I sort of realized that when you get pricing right, it just fixes a whole lot of things around your business. So a couple of the things that, that really sort of go wrong is the number one one is just is, is pricing too low. Mm. Pricing too low with the sort of idea that if I price low, I will get more customers. Yep, I, I recognize that one. <laughs> and we all do it. We all do it. Even, even I'm sitting here thinking I sometimes do this and I know why you don't do it. But, mm. but that's our default position. We think price low, get more customers. And... The, the, there's, you know, the, there's some there's some big things about this. One is that um, for most of us as customers, the only way that we can gauge the quality of something is by the price, because mm. we don't actually know how good you are at doing what you do. So, it, it's you know what we do is if something is expensive, we perceive it to be better quality than something that's cheap. And I'm going to give you give you an example, mm, okay. a real example of um, a business that's set up to sell shoes. They sold shoes online, um, shoes for ladies with large feet. Okay. The lady, the lady who ran the business, bought a whole lot of these shoes from from Italy, mm-hmm. and beautiful shoes made of you know leather, beautiful shoes. And she brought them back to Australia and she put them online. She started selling them for about $60 online and, and nobody bought them. Nobody bought them mm. because online people thought that these shoes must just be, um, you know, sort of plastic rubbish. Right. They couldn't possibly be genuine Italian shoes. Nobody sells Italian shoes for $60. Mm. She put the prices of those shoes up after a lot of encouragement to about $300 and she started selling the shoes. Mm. So she went from not selling anything to selling things purely because of what the message about the pricing was. And it's the same if you're running a service. If you, you know, you could be um, a graphic designer Mm. and you could be making your, uh, charging much lower than other people and people will just think you're not very good. Yeah, okay. So so that's the, the number one thing. But how do you, just to stop you on that one, how do you reconcile this? And I realize, you know, this is quite, I'm, possibly about to take us into what could easily be in a series of another half a dozen uh, podcasts probably but how do you kind of reconcile that when you let's use that example of a designer and then they say yes but hang on a minute there's there's designers now coming in from overseas um at you know ten dollars an hour less than you know how do i how do i price 
in a market when those kind of people are in the market? Yeah, and look, that's a, that's a really, you know, fantastic question. And I think the thing there is um, you need to be really confident about what is different between you and mm. the $10 an hour coming from overseas. Because if really the $10 an hour from overseas can do exactly the same thing as you, then... You've got a problem. You've got a problem and yeah. people will go to that, that person. Now, I, look, I'm not an expert at all in design, graphic design, mm. but I have bought design. Yeah. So I know that uh, when I've, look, I have tried and, you know, I've, I've gone and tried the really cheap thing and mm. got something back thinking, oh, God, no. I got what I paid for. <laughs> I got what I paid for. This is not yeah. what I wanted. Mm. And then I have, um, I, in fact, I have working for me at the moment uh, a fantastic graphic designer who I pay a proper commercial rate. She happens to live in New York, but that's just one of those, you know, things. It's not mm. that that's just what life. And what I get from her is I, so I'm not very creative, really. I have these ideas, which I think are fantastic. And she turns them into something a hundred times better than my idea. And I go, yeah. oh, wow. Oh, yeah, okay. So she absolutely over delivers on, on quality. And that's where you ultimately or, or immediately see, see the value. Yes. Yeah. And, and so I can see that for what I want, she's, she's a lot better. Mm. But if, what, if you can't be that different then, you know, you're, you're yeah, you, in trouble, really. It's kind of back to the drawing board and you need to look at something, you need to look deeper and, and pricing is perhaps not your issue, it's more positioning and, and uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I think often it's really the fact that we aren't any different to anybody else. In fact, you know, we're doing the same job as other people and we haven't got anything special about ourselves. And I, I think you can tell a lot by people who start panicking. I mean, you can see this actually in retail outlets, places that start to panic. They start to put their, their prices lower mm. and lower because they, they haven't got a difference. They can't say. They, there's nothing for them to um, underpin their pricing with. Yeah. I remember actually that I interviewing a, a sales guy from um, the US a couple of years ago, and he was, he was talking about this particular aspect of pricing and saying that the thing is that um, we tend to assume we should go for a low price, whereas in fact what the buyer wants, they just want, particularly when time's a little bit tough, they just want to know wherever they're spending their money, they're going to get what they pay for. They're not so much focused on price, but they're focused on quality. Am I going to get value for my money? Which is a is a you know is, is really what you're saying, I think. So absolutely, and just a little point on that. I mean, if you're mm. selling to businesses so if you're selling a service to a business you're wasting their if they buy cheaply and it's not the right thing it's wasting their time and time is their most precious commodity mm, good point okay so pricing mistake there is, is is pricing too low now how would you if, if someone comes to you and i know you work with a with a number of small businesses a lot of them in the um sort of crafts and manufacturing you know one person manufacturing sort of businesses how do you, how, I mean, the woman with the shoes from Italy, sure, that's, you can kind of say, well, shoes are normally hundreds of dollars, yours are 60, so there's something wrong with your pricing. But what about when it's not quite so obvious, when someone's saying, I just don't know where to start? You know, where do they start on, on trying to work out the ideal price, yeah. do you think? That's a good question. I think there are three things. Well, first of all, actually, I can backtrack just two seconds. There are mm. two aspects to pricing. One is, uh, calculating the price and one is communicating the price so don't let me forget to come back to that no, okay all right I'll that's keep really notes. important yeah okay so number one let's look at calculating the price so there are three things you need to look at 
you know, there's the cost of what you're making. There's what comp- what competitors or what people will buy instead of buying your thing, you know, what they charge that at. And then the customer sort of profile of what they like to spend their money on. And all three things are important. So mm. you know, the people who say ignore cost, do that at your peril, because I meet right. a lot of people who charge for less than their costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cost side, you know, it's easy to, it's very easy to explain, sometimes harder to do, but you need to make sure that the price you charge is going to cover your costs. Okay. The second point about, about competitors is that there's always, everyone has always got something else they can do with their money. So you might not have something that is the same as, you know, like shoes are um, quite easy to benchmark against other shoes. Mm-hmm. You might have something different, but what is someone, why is somebody buying that? And if they don't buy from you, who will they buy from instead? What will they buy instead? And, and, and that's how to help benchmark you against competitors. Okay. There is always some, there is, someone will always have another, if, they, if it's $10, they're going to spend that $10 somewhere else. They don't spend it with you. Hmm. So it's thinking about what else are they, wh- where are they thinking in their mind? So if you sell something which is used as gifts, you know, what are the, how much they normally spend on gifts? You know, it's, it's, it's thinking about things in a different sort of way. Yeah, okay. So it's, uh, I guess, using the example of, of someone in the, um, say, the manufacturing or, or crafts kind of side of things. It's almost, I'm sort of got this vision now of walking around a market saying, okay, if I've got $50 to spend in this market, where, what are my options? Yes. You know, where might I spend them? And what, by thinking like that, you're, you are, you're, putting your, you're putting yourself much more in the position of the buyer than, than constantly focusing on me, the seller. Absolutely. And that's mm. where we sort of often go wrong is because we sort of, we, 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 we say that we've differentiated ourselves so well that nobody is a competitor. And there is. There is always competition for our money. Mm. Always. Mm. So, so that's sort of that aspect. And the third aspect is um, what do customers, how do, it's, it's about what customers value, but the way to do it is thinking about what does your customer spend their money on generally because you can get a good idea of how much they'd be prepared to spend on something else and i'll give you a little example here of um of sort of generally of grooming so for instance you could have um if you're a hairdresser for instance you could look at what your typical customer spends on her dog's grooming (laughs) it sounds a bit bizarre but you know what if they're prepared to spend you know sixty dollars a month on grooming a dog they're probably prepared to spend, you know, five times that on grooming themselves. Right. So it's, it's thinking about how do they spend their money? Because people often talk about, look, what you've got to do is you've got to price for value. Well, pricing mm. for value, I mean, what does that mean? You know, it, mm. it's, a, it's something that's wonderful to say, very hard to do. But if you think about what, how your customer spends their money in other ways then you can see is what they're going to find value in value. And I guess a point there as well is when you say, and I'm thinking for anyone listening who might be in a, a sort of a startup mode where to some degree um, a customer is anyone with a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, you know, as we both know, that's, that's not the right way to look at it is you have to um, sort of differentiate and say, well, who is my ideal customer? Because Absolutely. You know, once we've got our ideal customer in our mind, who's the person I really want to sell to? And I think, 
you know, I remember when we started out at Flying Solo, we went through quite a profile ourselves and we actually ended up with a visual image of our ideal community member. You know, an age, um, it was a yeah. slightly asexual person. Cause yeah. we knew we men. But you know what I mean? We had such a clear profile that I could honestly say if I walked down a street, I'd recognize the person. Absolutely, you know? totally. I mean, that's what I, I mean, I, I, same thing, I call it a muse. Mm. Like I have a muse, like right. a designer might have a muse. And that mm. is the person that I, you know, design my things for. And, and I also call the customer the hungry customer because it's the person who really wants your stuff because you know what, you can imagine a person who you would like to be your customer, Mm. but the hungry one is the one that will pay you the proper price for it. Mm. Excellent point. Okay. So that's calculating the price. Yes. And, um, okay. And obviously listeners can go back and listen to those steps that you talked about. Then you, you were talking about communicating the price. Yes. So this is, this is super important and it's the bit that's sort of often forgotten is that actually, so once you've done the calculating of the price which you think people should, should pay, the way that you communicate it can get them to, you know, really want to pay that price or, or the opposite, get them to not really want to pay it at all. And there's a lot of, um, you know, psychological tricks that are played around this and although I'm you know, I don't advocate, you know, trickery. It's mm. done on us as consumers. Yeah. So it's sort of good to know some of this stuff anyway. And some examples, uh, some really good examples. The first one is, 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 is the concept of anchoring. And that is that when we first hear a number, that number gets stuck in our head. And so anything above that number starts to feel expensive and anything below that number starts to feel cheap. And that number can be any number at all. So I'm going to give you an example. Mm. If you go to a shop and you take, uh, you know, when you, there's that little machine that gives you a number, you've got to wait in line before Mm -hmm. you can buy something at the deli. Mm -hmm. If that number is say 45, right. And you're buying stuff at a deli, you won't feel that, you know, $20 is expensive to spend. But if because it's it's already anchored you into a number, whereas if you pick a number and it's five, everything feels expensive. It's it's a, mm. a funny way that our brain works, but it is the way our brain. And in works. that in that example you used, even though the number you've been given is not a pricing yes. number, it, it can have nothing to do with it. If you could you could ask somebody <laughs> to get their Medicare card out, read the last three digits, and we hope that they're big numbers. And if they're a big, you know, if the last digit, sorry, last two digits, if it's a big number, you know, above 50, they'll Mm. be prepared to spend more for something completely arbitrary like a bottle of wine than they would if it was a smaller number. How astonishing. You know, the next time somebody asks me my fees, I'm just going to sit there and go $10,000, $10,000, $10,000. And they say, sorry, what was the question? Exactly. (laughs) See, that's the thing is what happens is we think we need to start low and move up because that's generally what people like to they think oh look i'll get them in i'll tell them my base price is you know a hundred dollars but then i'll move them up by saying and you can have this and that and that and everything and we'll get to a higher number but but that that people find hard to do Mm. it's much better in some way to position a high number somewhere that they see and then bring it down and and the way ways to do this you see if you've got a website for instance rather than saying on your website oh my prices start at um you know two thousand dollars for a website yeah and and i'll come to this minute but Mm. you know it's good to have three options but say you know we we have three options and are you know ranging up to and then talk about the high price right because then you can bring it down and people think it's good value it's it's astonishing how important that is in fact if you go and look at any 
um, very high-end shop like Tiffany's, mm. you will see they position that, you know, they have these price tags, you know, $35,000 for a ring. And you think, why would they show the price tag for something that big right. in front of, in front of the, the key rings that cost $200? And it's to make you feel a key ring at $200 is cheap. Mm. So it's a really good thing to think about when you're talking about pricing or when you've got prices on your website to, to have on there high things okay so don't necessarily don't lead with your lowest price no Hmm, no and it's a quite a different way to what a lot of us think and it's much easier also to lead to feel to lead with your low price but it's Hmm. not the it's not the best way to make customers feel like buying okay and the second thing which which is linked to that and it's a really good thing to do is to have whatever you're selling to have three options to have a good better best right because um, when you've got three options, you get the chance of this high one, which, make, which you can talk about, which can be something that people don't even really buy. Mm. But you can have it out there. Yep. Um, but also, people tend to gravitate towards the middle of something. Mm. So you can, you can watch people. Watch people outside, you know, boost juice. And yep. you'll see what size they buy. People don't really like buying a small one because they feel a little bit stingy. Mm. And they feel that, they, you know, they don't really need a top one. So they gravitate to the middle. Yeah. Look, I must say, when we we uh, designed our membership as- aspects on uh, flying solo, we we've done exactly that. Yeah. And um and and I, that was through doing a considerable amount of research ourselves. And and often you will see these three options, and you'll see one in the middle that's kind of most popular. Or and you know, and I think that that um I, I think that's a a very very powerful way of of selling products and services. So fascinating stuff. Okay. So with um, that's talking about communicating, any other points on that? Or is that, I mean, that, well, that's, there's another, that's another here, there's fascinating things. There's a million fascinating mm. things, but here's another one. Right. People think something is, is, uh, doesn't cost as much if it hasn't got a dollar sign in front of it. Now they've done lots of studies on this. And if you go and look at expensive menus in restaurants, they took all the dollar signs off <laughs> and just had the simple number. People think things are cheaper without a dollar sign. Well, so, you know, there's, there's all sorts of little things that you can do. The same with um, don't put zeros after your number. If it's just, you know, if you're selling something for $2,000, just do $2,000. Or $200, just do $200, not $200, zero, zero, because it makes it look bigger. Right. The other thing that I think is very useful for us to think about just quickly is the is prices ending in 99. Right. And, and, the, sig- and the signals they're sending out because basically what happens if, um, if you sell something for $29.99, you're sending out a signal that actually this is a cheap and cheerful good that you're getting for a bargain. This is not a quality item. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens with, in services is often we think we're, we're a quality, we are quality. You know, anyone who's giving their time and doing, you know, something, is, it, it's, it is quality stuff. But we think, oh, we should, we should price it, you know, at the $599 or or whatever pricing mm-hmm. but what we're doing is we're, we're sending a mixed signal we're sent we're, we're saying that we're we're a quality outfit and that we do all this fantastic work but we're pricing as though we're target okay. and it's so be very careful with selling quality things and ending it with a, a nine you know doing those little mm. that little sort of keeping it below the the big number but presumably and again this i could see this is um can broaden into a very wide topic but when you, you're saying ending in a nine is not right, but I mean that. But presumably, nor can we say ending in a five is good. You know, it's it's 
where where do you as someone yeah, listening? Depends on your customer, but the, the, if you if you are, for instance, um, if you if for instance you are doing some complicated and fantastic web design or web, you know, uh, the technology yep. for, for a website, and you say, look, blah 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 blah, you know, it's hard to price these things, but it's you know. $10,000. That's a very bold statement because yep. most people have never come up with exactly 10,000. They'd say it's 999 or 9500 or something trying to be underneath the threshold. Mm-hmm. But actually in our minds something that's as bold as 10,000 says I'm confident. I I know that I can do this job really well. This is the sort of stuff I do all the time. Yes, we all know we can't price these things exactly. We don't know what it's going to be, mm. but this is I'm sending out a signal here that this is this type of product. Somebody who does the same thing but does the, you know, 9988 yep. for the price of it is saying, you know, this is, I've just got one off the shelf. I'm just going to roll it out. It's something mm, okay. we just, you know, it's not, it's not special for you. It's, it's telling different things. It, it, it depends on your customer. It goes back to that as to what your customer is going to want. But it's, uh, it's just to be careful if you're positioning yourself as very high quality, not to... Um, come out with a with basically a communication that's saying differently. Mm. So presumably, when you're working with somebody, and I say I know you work with a, with a number of businesses that are that are getting started, looking at growing. In many cases, as as, as we both know, a sort of lifestyle business, something that yeah. will add some revenue to the household and maybe add revenue to another business that's running alongside it. Um, to what degree will you will you um, try and have your clients sort of experiment with price? Because what you're saying is, um, you know, you're saying you need to talk to the customer, you need to you need to put yeah. things forward and have a look. I mean, there's there's quite a lot of testing in here. I'm, there is, I'm and look, hearing. I love it if people if people can um, experiment, and I do I do get people to experiment with things that they don't have to have a sing, a simple single price list for. So if you're the sort of person that gets a chance to get in front of a customer and do something that's a little bit bespoke, mm. then I really encourage people just to play around with the pricing a little bit. I know that the fear is that, oh, God, the customer's going to walk out and I'm going to have stuffed it up and lost the customer. That's the fear. But I think the upside is massive because if, you, if you're just adding 1% or 2% even, onto your pricing you'll get a bigger bottom line so it's amazing you can do five percent ten percent and that all goes into you for profit and you know whatever sort of business you are anything on the top line goes straight to profit and you'll be amazed at how much you can do that without customers disappearing Mm. so it's i think of it as an investment you know okay so if we did it a little bit too high and you know what our our customers, we did lose a lot of customers, then we know, and that's been a really useful cost for us to have. Yeah, that's true. And it's so, it, I find this whole topic so fascinating. I mean, my, my wife works in um, fashion retail, and it's always sort of amazed me that you can be in a sort of, in a boutique one day selling things at a, at a very expensive price. Then the sale starts, and a week later, it's 70% off, and there's oh, yeah. massive letters on the shop window saying 70% off. And and yes, it it... it you know, it, it's proven and it works. And the same, the people that pay full price will just stay away during those periods. And then a couple of weeks later, when the next season's in, they'll happily come back in and pay full price for the, the next range. And it's, 
it, it's it's so interesting, isn't it? And the fact that you know what what you're saying there is you you can experiment, and I think a number of of a number of us in small businesses kind of think we can't think that it's written in stone. Well, it isn't. You know, we can put a pricing up. We can sit back. We can review what's happening. We can adjust and and move as we go, can't we? Absolutely. And you know, fashion's very interesting like that because you've got the people who are fashion forward who want who will only buy at high price. Mm they want to be the first people to have something and by the time it's discounted it's of no interest to them anymore i know you're talking about yourself here <laughs> i'm so passionate about that one aren't i um but then there's the people who you know want to bargain and mm. and, and those stores and, and uh, businesses have two different types of hungry customer mm. hungry and... customer that's a great phrase that's a lovely phrase to have. <laughs> yeah okay so um calculating the price communicating the price clearly work to be done there and and as you said there's there's uh, as you suggested there are uh, a lot of tips and a lot of ways we can do these things just i know that there's a, a good deal of this uh, that people can find on your website which we'll come to a bit later but are there particular books pricing books that um that you refer to that have more of this sort of detail yeah look, do you know what there's a very good book which i think uh i think it's a very good book called called the one percent pricing secrets mm. and just right now i can't remember who the author is which don't is really worry bad. we'll find it but it's called the one percent pricing secret and you know what, it just, um, it has got tips in it. Look, it's written, it's, I would say it's written for big businesses. I mean, it's really proper stuff. It's written for big businesses. But you can just skim through it and get to the bits that you're interested sure. in. But the point that it continually makes is how important pricing is, how it really makes a difference on, on, a, on, on profits. And it gives you lots of these little tips. And actually, just on that, I'll give you one last little pricing, mm. why it's so important. As a restaurant business I know that never made any money, it, it always made exactly zero. They didn't lose money, never made any money. And they put their prices up, and they put their prices up 10%. They thought they'd lose customers from doing that, and they didn't. But that year, they made half a million dollars in profit. Wow. Just the only thing, because they, they were always booked out. And um, I can't tell you what the business is. No, okay. I can't say too much about it. <laughs> But the difference was amazing, and that's why I'm so passionate about it, because we can bang our heads against a brick wall trying to find more customers, trying to add more stuff into the product we're selling you know, to make it more valuable. We, we can do so much stuff, mm. and we miss the really important thing. Mm, okay. And just a, a, a final sort of point I'd like to get to this on, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you now, I'm really going to have to get you back to talk to us again, if that's okay. <laughs> uh, but... There is a sort of thinking out there that if you start with a low price, you can always go up, whereas with a high price, it's harder to go down. What's your, what's your thought about that? Look, it, it, it depends what it is and whether you're going to have customers coming back again. Because mm. basically, if you start with a low price, but it's something that you want people to buy on repeat, they're not going to, put their, they're not going to pay more for it. People never want, if they bought something for $20, they then we'll start paying $30 for it next week. That's not, you know, they just decide that they're not going to do it. Mm. Customers can be quite funny about the smallest amounts like that. Yeah. So if it's a repeat thing, then don't do it. If it's something you're doing as a bit of an experiment, say um, you sort of got something and you're doing like a beta version of it, and you want to sell it to see how it, you know, you want to sell it in a low weight as a bit of an experiment, see how it works, etc. Um, to get some test people using it, then then that's fine. Or if you if people will just not know what other people have have paid. So 
if you're starting out as a um, as an advisor or a consultant of some sort, and people will, won't ever say what they paid, mm. then absolutely. And if you just if you just set up on your own, then you might want to, you know, start a little bit less because also you're not so confident. You're probably not yeah. up to the rate of more experienced people yet, anyway. So you 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 can do it a little bit lower. But the the, the important thing is once you've set a price. It's really hard to get a whole group of people to accept that you are now, they're now going to pay more. Mm. Yeah, okay. Now, okay, that's a good point. And um, generally speaking, what sort of, what percentage would you say, what percentage of, of people that you come across are charging too low versus those that are charging too high? Was, where's the balance? Oh, <laughs> I'd probably say, you know, Oh, I'd probably say about 80% probably charge too low. Mm. Probably about 10% probably get it about right. And probably 10, there's, there's, there is the arrogant 10%. Yeah, yes, okay. <laughs> right. Who always do it. But, you know, I... Oh, gosh. But that's interesting. They're about 80%, you reckon. Yes, but I guess I low. also work with a lot of people who are, um, who are you know, working on their own in a, in a home-based type environment who probably a little bit underconfident who are very worried about getting their sales up Mm. and who who you know sort of take the shortcut a little bit of pricing and that thinking they feel underconfident and it's a shortcut and they just think i'll just do a little bit and that's going to solve my problems yeah okay and um and my final question to you is how often let's use the example perhaps here of somebody in the in the professional services side of things let's say they then they would consider that they're doing their pricing's about right that is they've got you know the income that they want the clients that they like working with things are about right how often should someone like that seriously think about reviewing their fees because i find my own experience in the past i i, I can find myself getting to a sort of a, a nice comfortable position yeah you know i think oh i don't want to rock the boat you know i've got just the right number of clients just the right amount of money what you know what do you say to someone in that position do you still s- stir them up yeah look it's interesting that because i think uh you know there's there's what you do and is what you should do and i'm as bad at this as anybody else um, of thinking, oh gosh, I'll just leave my pricing where it is. But the, the very best thing to do is to do a price review every year. Okay. I mean, you can do it every six months, but I think that's a little bit too much if you're in a service business. Yeah. Every year you do a little price review and every year you put it up a little bit. You know, we're talking two or 3%, a little bit. And if you're doing... If this, if the, if what you sell is... Uh, is the way you calculate your price is basically on your hours. You know, you can always you know, maybe you, you put your hours up a little bit because actually you're so efficient that your hours keep coming down. Yeah. Um, but actually, I, I would recommend every year making yourself add 2 or 3% up to 5% to the bill. Okay. Because the difficult thing is if you don't do it every year and you wait for five years, when mm. you do it in five years' time, you've got to put a lot on. Yep. And you don't put that's a lot a on point. because that's too hard. Yeah, that's, and it's it's a hard conversation to um, to have with your clients. Then I think at that point, isn't it? Oh, now, it is. It's so hard, and then you don't do it because you're you you know you you you're too worried they're going to disappear. Yeah. 
it happened. Okay, well, look, I can I can tell from Simba, your dog, who's just announced <laughs> that it is indeed walkie's time, um, that it, uh, it's time for I'm you to go. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Hey, home-based businesses, this is who we are. So um, thank you so much for joining us, Julia. And I know if people will, uh, would like to learn more, and um, I'm sure a number would about exactly what you do and the wonderful new system that you've set up in your business, they should go and have a look at thebusinessbakery.com.au. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.